Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Monday, March 2nd, 2020. My name is Jay Zawoski. Recording this on Friday, February 28th, 2020, as I'm headed out to Arizona tomorrow morning. Wanted to get three Locked on Blackhawks episodes lined up for you. Since I will not be able to watch games and will not be able to do podcasts every day, we're going to have a podcast for you today, Wednesday, and Friday. The one on Monday and the one on Friday will be mailbag episodes. But if you want to get in touch for next week's Talk Back Tuesday, it's never too early. 708-653-0572 is the voicemail number. Email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks, my personal account at jayzawoski670, and of course the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at Madhouse Pod. Before I get into the questions for today's show, I want to take a minute. And remember, I'm recording this on Friday, and if Corey Crawford gets to start Saturday against the Panthers and gives up seven goals and looks like crap, I'm still going to stand by my comments. But if you listen to Thursday's podcast, I'm sorry, Friday's podcast, you heard me once again talk about the things Robin Leonard had to say now that he's gone and uh, his frustration, his disappointment on not getting another contract done. And valid. I get it. I understand that Robin Leonard uh, wanted to be here. That's what he says. That's what I, I believe him. I have no reason not to believe him. Um, whatever, there's two sides to every story, but I truly believe Robin Leonard wanted to be a Blackhawk and was probably willing to make a concession or two to make that happen. I do believe that. I really do. But here's the thing. I don't understand how Blackhawks fans have suddenly become the Robin Leonard army. This is a guy who's been part of the team since July, he's no longer part of the team anymore. And I get he played incredibly for the vast majority of this season. I called him night after night, the team's MVP aside from Patrick Kane. And I'm not going to deny that now that he's gone. But all this is doing for me is shining a light on the continued lack of respect, lack of appreciation lack of love for Corey effing Crawford who has been this team's franchise goalie for years years he's won two Stanley Cups Hawks players when they've won the Smythe trophy has said you know what Corey Crawford probably deserves this over me and yeah there's been some high profile bad games for him there's no doubt about that as there are with every goalie who's ever played the game. You can go into Patrick Waugh's playoffs, Dominic Hoshik's playoffs, Jacques Plant's playoffs, name them. Name a great goalie, and I will find you a handful of crap-ass playoff starts. Everyone has them. And for whatever reason, maybe it's Corey Crawford's, something about his personality, where he's just kind of a quiet guy, just goes about his business, he's not you know, crazy animated. He doesn't scream at people. He doesn't get in fights in the crease. I don't know. But all the things that I know that Chicago sports fans claim to love about athletes, that's what Corey Crawford is. Goes about his business, team player, a guy who's overcome a lot to keep his career going. If I told you two years ago 
Corey Crawford was going to have the season that he had this year, you would have laughed at me. A lot of us thought Corey Crawford wouldn't be playing hockey anymore after concussion, after concussion, after concussion. And some of the personal things that happened with him, like falling up the stairs or down the stairs at the concert. What is it about Corey Crawford that Hawks fans refuse to appreciate? I think Hawks fans are smarter than to have one broadcast where Pierre Maguire, of all people, is begging on Corey Crawford for that to become the narrative and for that to become the truth about Corey Crawford. That he sucks, that he's not an elite goalie. B.S. It's bullcrap. And I've gone over these numbers before. And I'm going to do it again. When you look at the Blackhawks franchise leaders, Corey Crawford is at or near the top in all the ones that matter. He is third all-time in wins, behind only Tony Esposito and Glenn Hall. He has, at this point, 55 more wins than Eddie Belfour. Okay? Goals against average. He is third, behind Charlie Gardner and Scott Darling. Scott Darling with a much more limited sample size, of course. Gardner, 2.02. Darling, 2.37. Crawford, 2.45. Save percentage. Corey Crawford is second in Blackhawks franchise history. Behind Scott Darling, who has a .923, Corey Crawford .918. That's higher than Glenn Hall, Dennis DeJordi, Jeff Hackett, Al Rollins, Tony Esposito, Jocelyn Tebow, Eddie Belfour, and Nikolai Habibulin. Those are some decent goalies, right? How about the one that matters? Stanley Cups won. He's got two of them. More than any other goalie in franchise history. So as we approach what could be the final days, the final month of Corey Crawford's career as a Blackhawk, if you're at the United Center, think about this stuff. And it's time for Blackhawks fans to let Corey Crawford know that we finally have noticed him, that we finally have realized everything he's contributed to the Blackhawks during his career. And all the things he's potentially sacrificing later in life to remain the Blackhawks goalie. Corey Crawford is an absolute Blackhawks legend. And for Hawks fans to act otherwise, it's it's kind of ridiculous. Go back and watch some of those highlight tapes from those Stanley Cup years. I know sometimes as the Hawks are participating in those games, we were so nervous We were so worried about how the game was going to turn out. We weren't really observing the hockey so much as surviving till the next second, till the next minute, till the next shift. Go back and watch those games and watch how spectacular Corey Crawford was. And then go back and read Mark Lazarus's piece from The Athletic a little while ago where he talked to Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford and they both talked about their goaltending style where Robin Leonard is way more acrobatic, he'll make more pad stacks, things like that, where Corey Crawford is is positionally sound. That's why it's very rare where you'll see Corey Crawford have to make a desperation save because he's typically in such good position. Again, I think Chicago sports fans are smart enough to recognize Corey Crawford doesn't make very many spectacular saves because he doesn't have to. He doesn't put himself in a bad situation. And yeah, he'll make a post-to-post kick save or a glove save nobody sees coming. Or he'll fight something off through traffic? Absolutely. But he doesn't look like Dominic Hoshik in the crease. 
And is that part of the reason why Hawks fans haven't appreciated him? I don't know what the reason is, but the time has come, Hawks fans. Start appreciating one of the best goalies in the history of an original six franchise, Corey Crawford. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day I'm going to handle on this Talk Back Monday episode while I'm out here there in Arizona. I'm going to do some Twitter questions, which I don't usually get to very often. Uh, and I'm going to start sort of on the heels of what I've already said about Corey Crawford. This tweet comes from Game Plan Chicago on Twitter. He said, are we tired of Robin Leonard already? Crawford is playing at an elite level and has big game experience. Stan got something from Robin. Let's move on. Sorry, Stan got something for Robin. Let's move on. Look, I get Hawks fans wanting to love Robin Leonard. I get it. He was a lovable dude. The way he played was incredible. He was one of the best Blackhawks of the season. But at some point, we've got to move on. And, you know, look, there's lots of reasons for Stan Bowman to be fired. I think Stan Bowman should be fired. I've said it many, many, many times. But the Robin Leonard trade is not one of them for me. They're, however the money works out, however the years work out, if Robin Leonard is going to get $8, 9000000 million a year, that's really tough for the Hawks to justify. Now, he said he would take a discount. That's very vague. If I said to you, I've got this hat, it's $20, I'll give it to you a discount for $19. Technically, I'm giving you a discount, but it's not really much of one, right? So getting a second-round pick, getting a prospect they like, and getting a guy who was a first-round pick in Malcolm Subban, who maybe is just looking for a change of scenery. Maybe he's just looking for a chance, or maybe he just walks away and you trade his rights in the summer. Who knows? But that's a reasonable return when you look at what's happened at the trade deadline. All right? Fire Stan Bowman, but not for that. But look, Leonard can be as, as ticked off as he wants, but I think it's time for him, and I think it's time for Hawks fans to sort of, you know what? Yep, yeah, it sucks it didn't work out. And uh, let's just let's move past. I'm sort of done with the storyline. And there's one more uh, tweet sort of on that topic from Gene Dance Machine on Twitter. He says, Leonard has room to vent here. Playing Monday morning quarterback, you wonder what the point was of signing him after all. Not signing him and having Delia as the backup would have given $4 million more of cap space to play with last summer. Failing to sign Leonard long term is a failure on Stan. Well, boy, that... I see your point there, Gene, and I think what Stan Bowman was doing was an opportunity arose to solidify a position that had given them trouble over the last few years, be it with Corey Crawford's health, with the health of the backup goalies. Remember, um, what was his name? Jeff Kalas and uh, all the guys that played goalie for the uh, the Blackhawks, J.F. Berube, Anton Forsberg, all these guys were getting a lot of starts for the Blackhawks while Corey Crawford was healthy unhealthy what they did by getting Leonard was signed a bona fide insurance policy a guy who come came and took the job from Corey Crawford for a while I get it because if Stan Bowman felt like here were the two problems with the Hawks inconsistent goaltending and need more players who can play a north and south style so they they fixed the goaltending situation for a pretty reasonable amount five million bucks is reasonable for Robin Leonard you go trade for Calvin DeHaan, you trade for Oli Mata, you trade for for Andrew Shaw, and you feel good about the moves that were made. Unfortunately, two of those moves were absolute flops due to injury. Calvin DeHaan 
and Andrew Shaw. I think Olimata has been about what we expected, maybe a little bit better. He's an unspectacular player, but he's steady. So that's kind of what the Hawks wanted from him. But Shaw hasn't played in months. Calvin Hahn's out for the year. You also were probably counting on Brent Seabrook to be part of things. And while he did not play well this year, I still do believe he's one of the six best Hawks defensemen. I do believe that. Uh, And maybe we'll get a chance to see it again next year. Maybe not. Who knows? But I see what you're saying. And maybe in hindsight, if you knew you wouldn't be able to bring Leonard back, yeah, maybe you spend that money elsewhere. But I'm not really sure where the difference maker was to bring in as a free agent that would have changed the way the season went. If the Hawks couldn't get into playoffs with Crawford and Leonard both playing at an all-star level, I don't know what second or third line winger you're going to bring in that's going to fix that problem anyway. Good question, Gene. I like where your head's at. All right, here's another one from Anthony on Twitter. He says, hypothetically, if Stan Bowman dangles Jonathan Taves on the trade market, what would you expect in return for him? Boy, that's that's tough to answer because here's the deal with that. Who is the team with $10.5 million of cap space that wants to trade for Jonathan Taves, right? A team that wants to trade for Jonathan Taves is a team that is a contender for a Stanley Cup that is uh, looking to add that one last piece just like the Blackhawks did when they signed Marion Hosa. But that Taves deal is still very high. Ten and a half million is a big salary. It's not six, it's not eight, ten and a half. So the teams that could actually take on that deal probably aren't contenders. So that sort of narrows it. And then when you eliminate the contenders, where does it who does it leave? You know, like why are the I don't know, give me a small market team off the top of your head. Whatever. Why is that team going to go and sign Jonathan Taves or trade for Jonathan Taves if they don't have a roster that's built up enough to win a Stanley Cup? You know what I mean? So it's kind of there's not it doesn't really make sense unless the Hawks are taking a bad contract back. And at that point, what's the point? Why even do that? Why give up Jonathan Taves and take on six or seven million dollars of a bad contract? I'd rather have Taves minus three million than no Taves, a player or two that are that's much worse than him and a little bit more cap space. I think they're probably better off just keeping him at this point, but you never know. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs found money for John Tavares. Maybe a team could find money for Taves, but it's just kind of hard to get your mind there without really knowing how teams feel about their prospects, about their players. It's really kind of a tough exercise mentally, but a good question, and uh, I'm glad you asked it. Thank you so much for the question, Anthony. Really good. One more real quick here before we take a brief timeout. Orange Mamba on Twitter says, when Pat Foley hangs it up, who would you like to see fill his seat? To me, the question's very easy. I think it's John Weideman. I think Weideman in the Hawks booth on radio does such a phenomenal job of describing all the action. I've heard some fans complain that he can be behind the action a little bit. The reason John Weideman's behind the action is because he's telling you literally everything that's happening on the ice, where the puck is, how the puck is acting, who's moving it to who, at what spot. That takes time to get all those descriptors out. And sometimes you'll hear a goal scored, you'll hear the goal horn or the crowd react, and Weideman is still describing the play. But that's what you do on radio. You want to paint the picture for the listener. If you listen to a John Weideman call game on the radio, you know, you can visualize it. It's almost like old time radio. You can sort of see the game in front of you. 
because he's giving you all the detail. I love Pat Foley. Pat Foley is my favorite all-time broadcaster. But there were times when he was on the radio, it was like, here's a draw. Taves into the zone. Passes it to the, you know, it's, it's, you don't, can't really see what's happening. John Weidman gives you every little bit of detail. And I would love to see what he could do with the sort of breathing room that a television broadcast would give him. He wouldn't have to give you every last detail of the game because there it is right in front of you. I'd love to see what John Weidman could do with that sort of flexibility. Thanks for tuning in to Lockdown Blackhawks. Of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here. As you know, because you're listening, but the radio person to me just says to reset the story. I am in Arizona right now enjoying the warm weather, enjoying some Cubs and White Sox spring training baseball. I'm sure you're very, very upset and jealous, and you should be. Quite frankly, you should be. So not the normal schedule this week. Uh, I'm going to give you three podcasts, one today, one Wednesday, one Friday. Today's obviously is a mailbag. Wednesday's will be a best of. Friday will be another mailbag. So make sure you check those out. Today I'm going through Twitter questions. On Friday I'll go through some voicemails and some emails. So back to the questions we go. This one from John Alfano on Twitter. Game 7 Stanley Cup. Who is on your first line? Current players only. Now I'm going to go with... I'm assuming he means not just Blackhawks, but I'll do both, okay? And this might seem easy, so I'm going to challenge myself here. I'm going to force myself to take players positionally. I'm not going to say Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid. That's two centers. That doesn't count. So my right wing is Patrick Kane. I still think with a game on the line, that's the guy who I want on the ice with the puck on a stick with the game on the line. I don't think there's anyone better in hockey in those moments than Patrick Kane. My center, even though Sidney Crosby has the cups and has the experience, Connor McDavid is the best player in hockey right now. I don't think there's much doubt about it. He is dynamic. I would love to see what he can do. And he's got some really damn good players with him now, no doubt about it. But to see him take a shift with Kane and my left wing, Alexander Ovechkin, damn. That is as good a line as you can create in the history of hockey. No knock on Sidney Crosby. Crosby's one of the greatest of all time and will and will go down as such. But that is my game seven starting line of the Stanley Cup final. It is McDavid, it is Kane, it is Ovechkin. If I'm doing a Blackhawks version, Taves, Kane, and it's tough between Sod and Debrinkit, but if I'm thinking about playoff hockey, I'm gonna give the edge to Brandon Sod. A guy who has won Stanley Cups before, knows how to get in those difficult areas, can be a pain in the ass to check to take the puck away from. So give me Taves, Kane, and Sod. There you go. Next question comes from Jamie Finn. Jamie says, do you think Stan Bowman will be fired after supposedly signing an extension? If he's not fired, do you see Jeremy Colleton relieved of his duties at the end of the year? Jamie, thanks for the question. Uh, I forget to, I don't know if I acknowledge this, on this show or not yet, on Tuesday, Stan Bowman was a guest on 670 The Score with David Haw and Mike Mulligan and was flat out asked about that extension, and he did not deny that he got an extension. He didn't verify it either, but he said, oh, you know, I don't really talk about my contract. I don't, you know, it's not really my my place. If he had not signed an extension, he would have said, nope, no truth to it. No, it, You know what I mean? You just you don't say no comment if there's nothing to s- no comment on, if that makes sense. 
So I think Bowman gets another year. As frustrating as that is, there's been no indication this year from anybody that Sam Bowman's in any sort of danger whatsoever. Now, there hasn't been a vote of confidence by any means, but like it almost seems like Wirtz and McDonough don't seem to think there's a need for a vote of confidence. I'll, I'll tell you, there absolutely is. Well, actually, what there's a need for is a new GM. But most Hawks fans believe that Sam Bowman should be fired. And if he's not, people are going to be pissed. So I think he's not going to be. Jamie asked, if he's not, is Jeremy Cowton back? I don't see how you can do both. Bring Bowman and Cowton back. I don't see it. Two years in a row, total collapse by the Blackhawks come playoff time. I I don't know. Like, what is Cowden doing? What's what is he getting better at? You've heard players in the media this week. I read you those quotes. Getting frustrated with the direction of the team. Something's gotta give. If you're not gonna fire the GM, you've gotta fire the coach. I think you have to. And honestly. Part of me is like, if I have to choose between the two, give me Cowden over Bowman. Is that a crazy thought? Maybe I'll create a Twitter poll. Who would you rather have? If you had to keep one, Jeremy Cowden or Stan Bowman, I'd love to see how those results go. Guess what? I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to set this poll on Twitter, on the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter. All right? I'm going to have it expire on Monday. So you can all vote. <laughs> I'm going to have this poll run. Let's see. Today's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm going to have it run until Tuesday. All right? I'm typing it now. You have to keep one. Who do you choose? Choice one, Stan Bowman. Choice two, Jeremy Colleton. All right. So if you're listening to this podcast, go to the Lockdown Blackhawks po- uh, Twitter account at LO underscore Blackhawks. And vote. I'm actually going to pin that to the profile too, so it's very easy to find. Really interested to see how this poll would go. I'm going to refresh real quick to see if there's any votes yet. <laughs> this is real time radio, my friends, even though it's a podcast. All right, so far, one vote for Stan Bowman. Thanks for voting, Stan. Very much appreciate that. Okay, a couple more questions to go before we wrap things up here. Ted Gruber writes Will you sign all my junk and your book? If I buy a copy. Yes, Ted, I had to throw that one in because you mentioned my book, which I've not mentioned enough. Uh, My book, The 50 Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, is coming out in November, but it is up for pre-order now. If you'd like to pre-order a copy, it is there on Amazon, but I implore you to buy it from a local bookstore. I have a link on my personal Twitter account, at jzawoski670, that supports Bookie's Books. It's a place, there's one in Homewood, there's one on the south side in the Mount Greenwood area. Buy it from that link. An independent bookstore will get more money. I actually get more money from the purchase when you don't buy it from Amazon. I know Amazon's very convenient, but if you want to buy my book, I do ask. I'm not going to beg. Buy it wherever you want. As long as you buy it, that's great. But if you don't mind, if you wouldn't mind, head to my Twitter account. It is the pinned tweet at the top. At Jayzawaski670, there's a link in there to bookiesbookstores.com. You can order my book right from that link, and it would go to support locally owned Chicago businesses. All right, one more question. This one's about 670, the score. 
Who is the meanest score host, current or historical? Mean is a weird word because mean is does not really qualify. There are some that were kind of like kind of dicks, some that were kind of weird. I would say, God, who did I have the most trouble with? <sighs> Boy. Hmm. I would say Murph was the most challenging to work with. His moods were unpredictable. Uh, his desires were unpredictable. I didn't always know one day when I think he'd want one thing and the next day I think he'd want another. That was sort of hard to deal with. And when things would go wrong, he didn't handle it well. And that was kind of very tough to handle as a producer because you try to prepare for everything, but you can't possibly prepare for everything when you work with him. We got along well. He always treated me kindly for the most part. Um, but I would say in my 18 years of working at the score, that was the most challenging. So there, I think that's pretty honest, right? All right. That's going to do it for this edition of locked on Blackhawks. Thank you so much. Sorry about the, uh, lack of too much content this week, but I was just trying to figure out how I was going to make this work and I, and I really couldn't. So hope you enjoyed this mailbag episode. We'll have another one of those for you on Friday. Wednesday will be a best of lockdown Blackhawks podcast. So make sure you don't miss that. Uh, but until next time, hit me up, voicemail 708-653-0572, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com, and vote on that Twitter poll, at LO underscore Blackhawks. Who would you rather have? If you can only have one, who are you keeping, Stan Bowman or Jeremy Cowton? I will update the poll real quick before I wrap things up. Wow. Well, it's actually pretty close. 11 votes so far. Stan Bowman must have a one-vote lead, 54 to 45 percent with a half after each of those so wow that's interesting as of now more fans would rather keep stan bowman than jeremy Cowley. that's not what i expected we'll see how it looks on monday thanks for listening to lockdown blackhawks really appreciate it we are part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day talk to you soon be well